Turn in your Bible, please, to James chapter 3. James chapter 3. We began here last Wednesday night, and we're going to continue in this chapter until we finish it. James, the third chapter. I want to express appreciation to all of those who made last Sunday night service something very precious and beautiful. All the wonderful music, the choir, the quartet, the ladies, the solos, the duets. It was just very, very precious. Now, last Wednesday night, we talked about verse 1. There are three parts to this chapter. Number one, the example of teachers, verse 1. Number two, the exasperation of the tongue. And that goes through 2 through 12. And then the exhortation of truth, verses 13 through 18. So we want to get into the second section. And I will read this part. And would you ask that the Holy Spirit would apply that to each of our hearts? The tongue is an unruly member. It is set on fire of hell. And it probably causes more problems among Christians than any other one member of our body. You can think of the sins of the flesh, but almost all of them can be traced back to the tongue. Listen to this. For in many things we all stumble. If any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect or mature man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they are so great and are driven by fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, wherever the pilot willeth. Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beasts and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed by mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men who are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either of vine figs? So can no fountain yield both salt water and fresh. Now I believe that scripture just speaks for itself. But we want to apply a little bit of it. And you'll notice, in many things we all stumble. In other words, uh, nobody's perfect. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. 
If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have no sin, we make God a liar. She says we have sin. And so it's a present reality that we have to deal with. And this scripture says, in many things we all stumble. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able to bridle the whole body. Now as we speak this, I may have one finger out, but I've got three fingers pointed back at me. We're all guilty. We all say things that uh, maybe an hour later we wish you hadn't said, or a, a day later, or a week later, or a month later, or a year later. Wish you had never said those things. But words go out as sound waves. And uh, the scientists are saying that sound waves never die. For years and years they have worked on some kind of an apparatus or a machine that could pull sound waves out of the air. If so, we could hear the words and the voice of George Washington, the words and the voice of Abraham Lincoln, the words and the voice of Charles Spurgeon, of D.L. Moody, of Savannah Rollo, of the Lord Jesus himself. Words go on. The reason words, one evidence that words are so important is the Bible itself. God commissioned Moses to write words that describe the creation of the world. Those were precious words. God commissioned Moses to write down the Ten Commandments. They represent the holiness of God and what God expects of us. And then Jesus spoke with great wisdom. The Sermon on the Mount in your red letter Bible, all those words are in red indicating that Jesus said them. And he was very hard on idle words. And so he says, if anybody is able to, to uh, offend not in word, he is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body. Isn't that interesting? If you cannot bridle your tongue, you're probably going to have a hard time bridling your body. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouths. They may obey us. We turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be great, driven by fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, wherever the pilot wants to go. Have you ever been out in a motorboat and the waves were dashing high and it was sort of restless and you thought, well, I may just go down. The boat may sink. And you just push the boat, turn the wheel a little bit and give it with the waves and you go sailing along. Everything's fine. Or you dash into the waves. The problem comes when you try to hit the waves head on. We can do that with a ship. We can do that with a little boat. Oh God, help us to do it with our tongue. To control our tongue. Look at verse 5. Even so the tongue is a little member. It boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. A building can be burned to the ground by just a little fire on the first floor or in the attic or somewhere. How great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire. It is a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among the members. 
that it defileth the whole body, and is set on fire the course of nature, and is set on fire of hell. Every kind of beast, of birds, and serpents, and things in the sea is tamed, but the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. So what do we do? Just give up and say, well, my tongue is full of evil and deadly poison. I'm just going to keep on using it that way. No, the, the thrust here is even though we can't control it, the Holy Spirit can. He can give us the wisdom and the spiritual strength to control the tongue. A lot of times, husbands and wives have gotten mad at each other over, over some word that's spoken or some resentment that's expressed, or some deceit that was not fully explained. In school, lots and lots of times, kids get mad at each other and they get their back up and they get uh, just really animosity reigns because somebody has used their tongue to say ugly things. Brethren, these things ought not to be. We get up and sing. We get up and pray. We uh, are faithful in church. And then that tongue, unruly, unruly tongue, spreads some kind of malicious gossip that was either imagined or somebody made it up and told us. What would you think if in our church <clears throat> there was somebody that had a special problem, a real special problem, and uh, one of our deacons learned about that. So they went around to everybody they know and said, blah, 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 blah. And they told and said all that stuff. And then when you try to track it down to where did that come from? Who said such a thing? You learn that the person that originated it said, well, I don't know, I heard it somewhere. I don't know who told me. I don't believe that. I believe we know who told us. And we willfully told somebody else. And God says that's wicked. That's as wicked as it can be. It's the tongue set on fire of hell. The way to deal with a matter is to go directly to the person involved. Don't tell a soul. Just go directly to that person. Say, I'd like to pray with you. And then in prayer, tell God what's happened. And then when you get through, say, I want to help you. Did that really happen? Did you really say those things? Well, no, I never said those things. Okay, well, I'm glad I didn't tell anybody. See, that's the way God's people handle things. Sometimes in our teen years, sometimes in adult years, and sometimes uh, in older years, we just uh, seem to enjoy the Adamic gossip, and we like to talk about people, like to talk about things. We need to be very cautious. There are certain ones that have prayer partners, and you can trust your prayer partner with a matter and pray about the thing, but don't repeat it and talk about it to others. Then there are sometimes when prayer meetings in the, in the guise of a prayer meeting are, are being held and somebody says, I wish you'd pray for blah, 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 because this and blah, blah, blah happened. And uh, 
you might pray there and then you go out and say, well, I'm going to tell my best friend because he, he knows how to pray or she knows how to pray. And uh, she tells her best friend, she tells her best friend pretty soon. It's just become a gossip center. It's not a prayer meeting at all. So this whole matter is involved with the tongue. The tongue is set on fire of hell. It's a little member. We can guide the ships. We can tame the animals. But you and I don't have the power to tame the tongue. But Jesus can. That's the good news. The Lord can tame the tongue when nobody else can do it. And he says, brethren, there's a test we need to face. Can a fountain send forth sweet water and salt water at the same time? Can a heart send out bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and gossip and at the same time sweetness and prayer and beauty? We better check up on our hearts. Check up on what's going on inside of us. And God will give wisdom and grace about all that. It's an awful thing to put somebody down with your tongue. Let's cultivate being gracious and kind and good one to another and, uh, and finding something to encourage. Uh, you know, uh, I appreciate these guys singing tonight. Uh, I thought it sounded good. Uh, but I appreciate it. They'll practice a little bit more and get some more notes in there. But wouldn't it be a terrible thing Somebody would go out at night and say, well, you know those guys that got up there and tried to sing? They couldn't sing a lick. Now, how's that encourage anybody? Or the quartet that sings, and I love these guys. Wonderful blessing. I don't know anybody that doesn't like that quartet. But suppose somebody go out and well, they just sing all the time. They just sing to be singing, seeing people. They just want everybody to look at them. Now, wouldn't that be ridiculous? See? The tongue, a little matter, kindles a great fire. Same thing is true when you have bad thoughts about somebody else and you express those bad thoughts. It's not wise. And so James, who is the pastor of the Jerusalem church, probably the half-brother of the Lord, is talking very, very practical. And in this chapter, he has already talked about the, uh, the uh, example of a teacher. And here he's talking about the exasperation of the tongue. We can't get along with our tongues, but we need to watch what we say. The tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men who are made after the similitude of God. Now what do you do? when you have gossiped about somebody and it hadn't been true. Or you've gossiped about somebody and it has been true. What do you do? I think of that lady that came to the preacher and said, I want to confess my sin. I've been gossiping. Been saying some ugly things about people. What can I do? And you've heard this. He said, well, you go get a feather pillow and bring it back to the office. So she thought that was a strange request, but she went and got a feather pillow. And he said, now I want you to cut the end of that feather pillow, open the window, and shake all those feathers out. And she did it. 
And then he said, I want you to go pick up every one of those feathers. And she said, Preacher, I can't do that. I don't know where they are. He said, that's what's happened to the words that have come out of your mouth. They've gone out. You can't retrieve them. You can't recover them. The only thing you can do is stop. And the people you gossiped to, go tell them you're sorry. Go tell them that you didn't know what you were talking about. And then pray and ask God to help you. Every one of us needs to do that. God will enable you to, if you don't think you have the strength, ask Him for it. A person that really wants to walk a righteous life with Christ can do it. But we have to ask the Holy Spirit to help us. There's none righteous, no, not one. We're not able in our own strength to do it. So we have to ask the Lord to help us with it. And God will enable us. He's the great enabler. The Holy Spirit can control our tongue. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my tongue and let it be used for the King. Take my feet, make them swift and beautiful for Thee. God can take every member of our body and use it for His glory. This is a very practical section. I don't know whether anybody in this auditorium needed this or not, but the Scripture preaches it and teaches it, and we need to apply it where it needs to be applied. God grant that we will be blessing people and encouraging people and not putting them down. And when somebody walks in the door of our church, every one of us ought to dive to make an effort to speak to that stranger, that, that visitor, and get to know them and encourage them and say kind things and say good things about our church. Do you know... Nobody wants to go to a church where everybody there is talking against the church. Did you know that? <laughs> and so, we need to say kind things and good things. I think we've got some of the best deacons a church could ever have. I think we have the sweetest music this side of heaven. In our choir and in the other groups that sing. I think we have some of the great prayer warriors that are in America, right in this church. Thank God for them. I think we have some of the greatest young married people that any church could ever have. I'm thankful for our young people. Uh, I love young people. And God has used Glendale Baptist Church in a good way to encourage young people through the years. Thank God for them. We have some precious children. If you saw some of those children the other night, the nursery, uh, the nursery band, and then the Ham family, your heart was bound to get blessed. And all of it was just wonderful. We thank God for it. Uh, let's think of what's good about each other. What we can encourage and brag about. I appreciate Mike Bryant. He has one of the most beautiful voices I've ever heard. I love to hear him sing. I appreciate Brother Lloyd Wilford. He leads with a great, great enthusiasm and he always gets us to sing. Beautiful. Well, I just will go on and on and on. I appreciate Bill Flowers. Do you know what he's done for years? And why most of us didn't even know it. He was walking around paroling the building. He walked downstairs and around the building and outside. He kept, he kept the door and he watched over these things for years. 
I don't know where he was on that September Sunday when the gun was up there. <laughs> anyway, but thank the Lord, Bill, for all you've done. And all of our other people. God has given us and brought together some tremendous people. And I thank God for you. And let's use our tongues to encourage each other. After the service tonight, I dare you to find five or six people, maybe 10, 15, and just say, you know, I appreciate you and I love you. And especially if you've said anything bad about them, you go to them and say, I need to get my, wash, my mouth washed out with soap because I think you're wonderful. Let's stand, please. <laughs> Amen. Now, if we do not know the Lord Jesus as Savior, if you've never come to Christ, you need Him. We need Him. All of us need Him. And the Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. That life is available to you tonight. It's available as you receive Him as your Savior. And if you have a prayer request on your heart, you need to come and make that maybe at the altar or mention it, whatever's on your heart. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for this Word of God and all that it has meant to us as we've shared the problem with the tongue. We pray that all of us will be filled with the Holy Spirit and will go, here, go from here with the Holy Spirit controlling our tongue. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's say what page? 325. Have thine own way. Okay. <clears throat> 325. Have thine own way. Lord.